For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM. 760 in Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into today, so let's not waste let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now for the Sporting Tribune is our good friend Steve Carp. Carpy, how are you? I am well. Good to hear you and good to see you. Uh, exciting night last night, and everyone knew it was the Banner Night Stanley Cup Championship banner. Uh, I would normally say unveiled from the rafters, but of course it's Las Vegas, so it is. It is, it, it, it's ascending from a giant slot machine, and we'll get into that. But you, you reminded me it was the anniversary of the very first Vegas Golden Knights home game and how emotional that was. Um, yeah. Take me back and just knowing full circle moment, that team uh, that really meant so much to Las Vegas, now bringing a Stanley Cup title home. Well, you have to remember the circumstances in which they played that first game. It was in the aftermath of the October 1 shooting, nine days prior. 58 people, then later it grew to 60 people died in that uh, that horrible moment across the Mandalay Bay. These people were at a country music festival. It was a Sunday evening. Everything seemed normal, good, typical Vegas weekend. And, you know, the Golden Knights were get ready to start their first season ever. So no one knew what to kind of expect out of them. And in the aftermath of the shooting, the team got right into the community. They visited blood bank. They visited uh, with first responders. They visited with victims' families. And, and they made a connection with, with the community, which I thought has served them well ever since. So that first night, they were playing Arizona in their first home game. They had won at Dallas on uh, Friday night prior, and they had beaten the Coyotes already once in Glendale the next night. But they had this elaborate opening night plan. It was going to be very festive and upbeat. And on the fly, they had to change it 180 degrees, and it became a very solemn and respectful evening. Last night, 
was the exact opposite. It was joyous. It was fun. They they gave a nice video of the history of the Golden Knights. Granted, it's only six years, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I I thought they hit all the chords appropriately. It was all about the players. Uh, there were no speeches. There were no you know people trying to get get their agenda across or whatever. It was just about the team. And I thought they hit it really well. And and you talk about the slot machine. <laughs> um, let me just paraphrase what Bruce Cassidy said after the game. That was freaking cool. <laughs> that was his quote to everybody. And it was freaking cool. What did you think of the pomp and the pageantry? Again, I, I think Las Vegas does this like no other team. They really made it a spectacle. Um, Vegas can be a little bit like Los Angeles where you show up games maybe a little, little bit late. With Vegas, you knew uh, big, really at the beginning that their pregame, their <clears throat> pregame show, you got to show up. What do you think? Again, we talked about the slot machine, but just the whole pump and the pageantry of the night. Well, it, it all began like long before the game started on uh, Tuesday. Uh, they had the players walk uh what they call the gold carpet, mm -hmm. you know, where it was like a Hollywood premiere type thing or, a, you know, um, an awards show night like the Oscars or the, the Grammys or, or the Tonys or something like <laughs> that. So, you know, fans got to feel like they were part of it. The players loved it. You know, they all got dressed up. Normally they show up at the rink, you know, in a shirt and slacks. But <laughs> last night they... they you know, busted out the, the good stuff, the A the A the A game uh haberdashery, if you will. You know, you see William Carlson with that big yeah. ass cowboy hat. <laughs> you know, Eichel had this purple Prince thing going on. So I think hockey needs more of this, Arash. Yeah. They need more let the players express themselves. You know who does a good job with this? The oh. WNBA. Yeah. Like when the aces show up for this tonight's game with Liberty, ESPN's going to have a camera ready when all the Aces players come to Michelob Ultra Arena. Uh -huh. And these gals know style. I mean, Asia Wilson, not to sidetrack from the Golden Knights, <laughs> but you you appreciate this. You were at the game Sunday. Asia Wilson showed up in this, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like something right out of like Fashion Week in New York. You know, leather <laughs> pants, uh, a kind of a crop top and you know um and she looked stunning she looked beautiful and and i think you know all of the aces players they they embrace this sort of thing they they embrace who they are and they have a great connect with their fans you know tonight game two i'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment yeah. this is a huge game Especially if you're the New York Liberty, you got to find a way to win this game, get it back to Brooklyn, tied up where it's going to be over. But getting back to the hockey, it was a special night. You could feel it from the moment you walked inside T-Mobile Arena. I mean, the fans were there early for warm-ups, and they saw a really good performance by the Golden Knights, by the way. 4-1 um, win over the Kraken. Aiden Hill gets the starting goal. He was one of the heroes of the... Run to the cup last spring. Played very well. The best players played well. Cameron Stevenson, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel. I thought all in all, 
a really good night for the franchise and for the city. Yeah. Gee, who's wearing her New York Rangers shirt, did not expect to get a fashion report from Carpy, but I'm sure she appreciates it. Um, well, I'm an Islander fan, so <laughs> you, can take, you can cover up that Rangers shirt anytime you like. Although, never, for, never. For confession, I was a Ranger fan growing up in Brooklyn before there ever were the Islanders. So I, I suffered plenty as a kid watching the Rangers <laughs> come up short against the Bruins or the Canadians. Or the Blackhawks in my youth, and go to the old Master Square Garden. So I feel your pain. Um, you guys need to find a coach to stick around for more than one or two years. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you were you were preaching to the choir, Carpy. I know preaching to the choir. Ugh, I know my whole family are Ranger fans. My friends <laughs> I grew up with are still Ranger fans for the most part, though. Couple of them, like me, we uh, jumped ship and went to the island. <laughs> you, went to, you defected over. <laughs> yeah, I went over to the dark side, as my friends like to say. All right, Steve. <laughs> so, depending on when people are are, are tuning in, uh, either game two of the, the WNBA finals is happening, has not happened, or has concluded. But that's the beauty of right. doing a uh, recorded uh, show. The significance, again, what Las Vegas did in Game 1 is really what they've done throughout the season. Did not expect it against New York in Game 1 of the Finals, but where it's a yeah. close game in the first half, maybe they're behind by a couple, and then they steamrolled them in the second half. You touched on it. It's really significant because in a five-game series, it is so crucial to hold home court. Uh, and then really, you know, listen, if they go up 2-0, now you're talking about being in a situation like they were a year ago where you could maybe close out uh, away from home. Um, okay, so the your thoughts on Game 2 and really your thoughts on the way that the, the, the team performed in Game 1. They are more than Asia Wilson. Yeah. That's, that's pretty evident. And they're doing it without Candace Parker, which I thought was going to be really hard for them to beat New York without her because uh, Jacquel Jones is really, really tough inside to guard and handle. But the key, again, was the third quarter. The Aces, I don't know why it happens this way, but a close game suddenly becomes a blowout because... You got Jackie Young making shots. You got Kelsey Plum making shots. You got Chelsea Gray running the show. She is so fabulous to watch. I wrote about her, what was it, a week or two ago for the Sporting Tribune, saying how much I admire her high basketball IQ. She is just a real delight to watch. If you're a basketball fan, it doesn't matter which gender, you got to love the way Chelsea Gray performs on the yes. court. And, of course, Asia Wilson Ever since she got snubbed for the MVP and nothing against Brianna Stewart, she's she's marvelous. She's a great player. She's motivated, Arash. Yeah. She she wants the big prize. All right. You know, it's really funny. You know, we were sitting there watching game one, you and I, and she would go to the line and the fans start chanting MVP for Asia. Yeah. And Brianna Stewart's like five feet away from her. She must have been wondering, wait a minute, I'm the MVP. Why are they chanting their name? And I, I thought it was a, an interesting dichotomy to see that kind of inter, you know interchange going on between the fans and Asia. But, uh, you know, in Asia, she's over it, but it's still motivating her. Now it's time for Brianna Stewart and the Liberty to step up. They need a big game out of Sabrina Iescu. 
they got to figure out how they're going to, you know, take a, away some of the things the Aces do. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do a better job of guarding Kelsey Plum. Now, Courtney Vandersloot has gotten worked by her a couple times over the year. So she better play better tonight. And, and overall, I think the Liberty has to kind of find ways to answer these, these big Vegas runs that seem to happen in the third quarter of these games. Harper, you were in uh, New York at Barclays for a, a matchup between Las Vegas and New York previously this season. And I'd be curious what the atmosphere is like there. Again, the majority of teams do play in larger facilities that they can't pack. Um, what was it like when you went there? I thought it was a really good atmosphere. Very, very similar to what we see at Michelob Ultra Arena. All right. Um, the fans are engaged. They have a, a very similar audience um, of you know, older people, families bringing their their kids, especially a lot of a lot of young girls, preteens, and stuff. And it, it's very very similar. And the Liberty do a really good job of hyping you know the fans during the game, much like the Aces do. They're, they're very similar. Yeah. All right. Uh, but Barclays Center is. Considerably bigger than Michelob Ultra. Like they'll have ten thousand three hundred tonight for the uh, game two. When they go to Brooklyn Sunday, they'll probably be pushing a sellout of like sixteen thousand. Wow. Okay, like they'll sell out most of the upper deck. In fact, I think I saw something that said the game is sold out. Wow, that's incredible. So, so you know what this says, Arash? It says that the WNBA is on the right track. Mm-hmm. When it comes to reaching out, generating fan interest, their their TV ratings are good. They're, they're up. Um, everything, and I touched on this in my, my Sunday column, everything they do is trending the right way. You know, they're going to expand to San Francisco. They're going to add a 14th team to go along with the San Francisco franchise in 2025. And they're not... They're not moving around. You know, teams aren't relocating. They're not cutting teams. They're adding. And and you look at that and you say to yourself, something is right about yeah. what is going on. And, you know, I wasn't a big WNBA fan for a long time because I thought they didn't manage the league well. The quality of play was lacking. But when you see what's going on with this league, Kathy Engelbert's doing a really good job as commissioner. And, and I think the biggest thing of all, the quality of play is so much better, and it's going to continue to get better. We've got all these really good collegiate women players. Yeah, you know, it's like you know when when you know you're an SC guy. You know, it was like Cheryl Miller, it was Lisa Leslie, right? Cynthia Cooper. Got, That's right. We've got players from all over the country that have made their mark. You know. Inescu went to Oregon. Stewart, of course, you know, UConn. UConn, of course, has been just a, a power. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing more and more players from other collegiate programs, you know, South Carolina with Asia. I mean, Notre Dame with Jackie Young and Duke with Chelsea. This is how you grow in the game because young girls and, and young women are seeing these gals perform at the collegiate level. You know, if you look at the the numbers the NCAA Women's Tournament did last year, 
both on the court, you know, in person and on TV. Yeah. The game is really healthy now. So they're taking full advantage of it and they're getting more and more corporate sponsors on board. It's huge. Uh, listen, in Vegas, you got the Vegas Golden Knights are the defending Stanley Cup champions. Las Vegas Aces are the defending WNBA champions going for back-to-back. The Raiders, Carpy, uh, they, they did have a big win on Monday Night Football against the Packers uh, in front of a lot, a lot of cheeseheads in, in the crowd. <laughs> now, as you touched on in your column in the Sporting Tribune, they have a favorable uh, schedule coming up. Can you see the Raiders potentially going on a run here? I, I would be disappointed if they don't. Yeah. I mean, New England is coming in Sunday 1-4. They're terrible. Uh, Belichick said that Mac Jones is staying as the starting quarterback. That bodes well for the Raiders, whose defense suddenly has become the strength of the team. You know, you would have thought with, with Josh Jacobs, with Garoppolo, of course, with Devontae Adams, you would have figured the offense would be the mainstay of the team. No, it's the defense right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they held Green Bay to 13 points. And they are really they're finally starting to make plays and get takeaways, you know, three interceptions, including the big one at the end in the end zone as the Packers were driving for the go-ahead score late. They still believe in Josh McDaniels, apparently. So that's a good thing because I'm still not 100% convinced he's the right guy to lead this team Long term, okay? But as long as the players are still playing hard for him, you really can't advocate making a coaching change at this point. So, playing the Patriots at home Sunday, I think it might finally be a pro Raiders crowd after Pittsburgh and Green Bay came in and just, you know, they took over Allegiant Stadium. And then they got to go to Chicago the following week. Now, the Bears are 1-4. They're not very good. I mean, they can go to Soldier Field and steal a win on the road, yeah. right? And then they got to go to Detroit, which will be a hard game the following yeah. week, all right? But, yeah, why can't they go on a little bit of a, a mini run and be 4-3 when they play the Lions? In yeah. fact, I'll be disappointed if they don't. G.A.? Uh, Carpy, I just had a really quick question. I wanted to go back to uh, the WNBA Specifically, Uh Kelsey Plum, she knows how to speak her mind, and she basically (laughs) um, called out minority owner Mr. Um, Brady sitting (laughs) courtside yesterday and said, it's about late time you showed up. Um, I just want a response to that. (laughs) (laughs) She she was just having fun with Brady. She loves Tom Brady, and uh, they, they, uh, I guess, have developed a nice friendship, she and, and Kelsey. I mean, he and Kelsey, and of course... You know, Kelsey's married to Darren Waller, yeah. you know, who's a, a longtime NFL veteran who Brady knows and probably wouldn't have minded playing with had it not been for this guy, Gronkowski, <laughs> who uh, helped define his career both in New England and in Tampa. But yeah, you know what? This is kind of part of why the Aces players are very popular. They they connect with people. They're They're really good people persons if that makes any sense but yeah you know they uh it's good for brady to be involved in women's sports he's he's an advocate he's got daughters that play sports 
I, I think it's good when a guy like him or a guy like LeBron James, you know, they, they support women's sports. It's really important. By the way, do you know there's going to be a pro volleyball league starting up and Vegas is going to have a franchise? Did you know that, G.A.? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about an volleyball. indoor league or an outdoor league? Indoor. Ah. Okay, starting good. Starting the year. Yeah, so... I don't know where they're going to play. I don't know who's going to be on the team. They have a coach. They have an ownership group. But um, I think it's seven teams. I got an email this morning about it. So we'll have another team to uh, consider <laughs> talking and writing about. So no, it's, it's really incredible what's happening in Vegas. And not only just that they have teams there, but that they have successful teams there. And, again, we'll see what the Raiders do. But, again, Las Vegas um, Aces going for back-to-back to WNBA title. Oh, and by the way, a yeah, yeah. Yeah. quick before we end. Yeah. Big weekend in Vegas. Not just the Raiders, not just the Golden yeah. Knights, Saturday against the Ducks, not just the Aces tonight. Huge. PGA uh, Tour is in town for yeah. the Shriners Children's Open. We got a, And we yes. have uh, NASCAR this weekend. Amazing. Carl, South you're, the, 400. you're the best. We will have you back on next week. Uh, let's yep. do it for now when we come back. We will have Michael Matthew when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go back after the Circus Sports guest hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Michael Matthew. Michael, how are you? Man, doing pretty good. How about you guys? I am good. You were at the Rose Bowl for a, quite an exciting game, uh, UCLA, Washington State. I, I love, by the way, that you really set the scene. You're on the field. You're watching everyone get their uh, practice reps in and everything like that. Uh, this one, this, this was a coin flip game for me. I really thought if UCLA could find a win, they would uh, perhaps maybe go on a run here. Take us back to the Rose Bowl. Uh, what did you think of that win, and what do you think this could do for this team? 
Man, just that defense is dangerous, you know, yeah. very, very dangerous defensive team um, on every level, too. Like they get it. They were getting after Cameron Ward with three pass rushers. The secondary was very sticky. Um, it's a team that, you know, they may end up with one of the better defenses in the country at the end of the year. And if they do, it's just going to be on Dante Moore and that offense uh, uh, passing game, to be exact to get it right because they were able to run the ball. Carson Steele with the long blonde hair looking like Thor <laughs> up there uh, did a very great job. But it's just they struggled with passing early. And the first half, they had a chance to get a comfortable lead, but um, uh, more through a, a pick six right at the uh, end there yeah. in the red zone. So if they can just figure it out when it comes to the passing game and more can protect the ball and look like the guy we saw the first few weeks, Man, with the way this defense is playing, this UCLA team is going to be tough for any of these Pac-12 teams to beat. What do you think the Pac-12 as a whole this season? I, I think it's such a shame that the league couldn't figure out their uh, TV contract because you look at what Coach Brian is doing with Colorado. You look at what's happening at UCLA. Uh, again, um, well, you know what? So USC and UCLA were gone. I really think that the other uh, 10 teams left could have made it work. Your thoughts on the Pac-12 just in general this season? It's just crazy the fact that they're coming to an end. Growing up, um, you know, checking out uh, all of the Pac-12 games being here on the West Coast. But this year, it's some of the best football. You know, we hear of the SEC year in and year out. But, man, what great football. Like this week, looking at the schedule, you got Oregon at Washington. Great game. You have UCLA traveling to Oregon State, SC Notre Dame. Some of the bigger games are the Pac-12. And it's just some great football being played. And it just sucks that this is going to be its final year because it looks like they would have had one of the stronger conferences going forward the next couple of years. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, just the Coach Prime uh, Colorado component of that would have mm -hmm. given them a, a, a massive TV contract. So, you know, it's unfortunate but, uh, you know, the uh, train has left that station. Um, I tell, speaking of trains leaving stations, I am really concerned about the Dodgers, my friend. It looks like their season could be coming to an end uh, this week, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts, again, another 100-win season, another division title, 11th straight season in the National League Division Series. And once again, for the second year in a row, they could be gone in the Division Series to a divisional rival that finished – you know, again, the Padres was like 20 plus games behind them. The, the Diamondbacks was close to that. Your thoughts on what's, ha what's happening with the Dodgers right now? Man, it's just tough for you to come out your first two games at home and your starting pitching fails you. You yeah. know, I don't want to say give up on Kershaw, but the guy just hasn't performed well in the postseason and is coming back to bite the Dodgers. Do they need to, do they need a new voice? Uh, there when it comes to, you know, manager Dave Roberts, do they need someone else there? Because it's a shame for you to win 100 games once again, go up against a division foe, like you said, and to be embarrassed. You know, they're not just losing these close games. They're being embarrassed early because of the pitching. Mookie isn't figuring things out as far as, you know, hitting the ball. And it just looks tough. And it sucks because another 100-year 100-win season is going to come down to possibly an NLDS loss, and it, it's tough. So you have to start somewhere, and most of the times, if you don't go to the players, you go to the, the voice for the team, and that's 
manager Dave Roberts. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, no, Mikhail, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, not a huge fan of some of his decision making. Um, I didn't want to ask you about the Clippers, but before I do that, um, I wanted to ask, should we even, this is for both of you guys, should we even <laughs> care that the Dodgers keep winning 100 plus games if they can't, you know, perform in that postseason? I mean, we keep talking about these 100 game win seasons and they're great. Glad that they keep winning. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're not winning a the, the big grand prize. They're not winning that World Series. The last time they won was 2020, not taking that championship away from them. But should we even care that the Dodgers keep winning these 100 plus games if they're not winning the World Series? You know, Michael, I'll just hop in real quick. I mean, listen, I mean, that, that's a byproduct of them being a, a very good team. So, like, I, I don't necessarily care if they win less. I want them to win, like, as m- many games as possible. But that being said, it's sort of like you have goals throughout the season. You know, your, your first goal is to win the division. So whether you win the division, winning the 90 games, 100 games, it's amazing that the one, one of the seasons that they didn't win the division, they did win 100 games, which is crazy. But so you want to win enough games, maybe that's 100, maybe that's 101 or whatever, to win the division, get that first round by, and then again, you're in the division series. So I mean, this is what they what they play for. So it's such a long season. And when when people wonder why do they pop the champagne, well, they pop the champagne because it's a 162 game season, not counting spring tra- training. It is a long journey to get to that point where you win the division, you you're in the division uh, series. But then, GA, to your point, it's it, it's really disheartening and you're kind of like what the heck was the point of all that if they lose in a five game series so i think that's the bigger point like i don't necessarily want them to not win the division or not win a ton of games that's great but at the end of the day if the question is i'll take them winning 20 less games being a wild card team if it means they're going to go to the world series michael where do you stand on this (laughs) No, I, I agree with you. You know, you want them to, I like them winning all of these games because if not, they're going to be the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, <laughs> which doesn't get you into the playoffs. So you want them to win these games, but this is LA. We're all about winning in the playoffs. You know, that's what makes the Lakers great and the Clippers not as great, you know, to a lot of fans. And that's why the Rams are, uh, you know, more into the people hearts in LA compared to the Chargers. So they have to find a way to win in the postseason. When you have all that talent on that roster, you have to figure it out. And until they do, they're going to continue to get hecklers and yeah. continue to get disappointed fans because winning regular season games is great, but it's about winning in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miguel, I could not agree with you more. Um, I mean, LA is synonymous with winning. That's what fans are going to be, you know, used to. That's what they expect um, coming from their LA team. Speaking of the other LA team, um, preseason has begun. And I know a lot of people don't watch preseason, NBA preseason, but I do. So <laughs> with that, I wanted to ask you about my LA Clippers. I know I'm like one of five people that is a Clipper Stop. fan. I get it. I get it. Um, but I did want to know about this new up-tempo offense that they played last night was so reminiscent of the Los Angeles Lakers in the 80s, in the 90s, just up and down ball. It was so beautiful to watch. There was one possession where the ball did not hit the floor. 
And it was gorgeous. They're doing backdoor cuts. They're not relying on the three ball as much, at least in the first half. Um, you know, they, again, this is preseason, <laughs> uh, but they are just, they're, they're running the ball like old school basketball. And it's working for them, right? Um, is this something that we're supposed to be seeing all year long? Is it something that maybe we um, should expect from them this season? Because um, it's exciting basketball. Yeah, and I, I just think the addition of Russ, that's why it was yeah. so big. They couldn't really do much last season because it was so late into the season. But now you get a training camp. You know that this guy goes zero to 120. So you have to match that. And I think that's what the team is needing, especially during the regular season. You know, they want to win more games and not be a team that's eight, you know, seventh or sixth in that realm. They want to try to get higher in the standings. And, you know, the regular season is just a huge AAU uh, circuit because it's <laughs> simple. It's, you know, one-on-one -on -one basketball and them playing with this type of pace is going to help them win more games during the season and then just give them another element. We know they can play slow. You have Kawhi, you have Paul George in the, uh, the half court. Now you have Russ who's going to push the tempo. It's just going to add another element to them. So like I've been saying all, you know, off season long, if they can stay healthy, um, with the new pace that they're going to play with, with the guys they have on this roster, this is going to be a team that people aren't talking about, but have a true chance to win an NBA championship. For those that don't know, and we found this out last week, that you played uh, with Russell Westbrook in high school. Has he like always played like that, zero to one hundred, and not even zero, just like one hundred? He's always going at it full strength. Yeah, he was always that guy because he was always trying to prove himself that, you know, that he belonged and, yeah. you know, at losing a high school, uh, um, you know, full court defense, the entire game, he was used to playing that pace. And then you go to UCLA, Ben Holland is playing this, this pace and defense. So that's just a guy that that's just the way that he's built. You know, that's the way that his engine goes. And I think it's perfect for this Clippers roster. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. I'm so happy that he's happy because I think when, He's happy and playing with this joy. It is fun to watch it. And again, the one thing that I will say for him is that he's always available. When he was with the Lakers and all, whether like LeBron was out or like KD was out, Russell Westbrook was on the floor. So I, I think we'll we'll see what the health is this season with Kawhi and Paul George. I think Russ is playing the full season. So at least you have a guy out there that can create, that can score. So that'll be fun to watch. Okay, switching gears. Now to the Rams. Again, I don't think there's any shame in losing to what I believe and what most people believe are the best two teams in the league, San Francisco and Philadelphia. They were with both of those teams. They didn't get blown out like my Cowboys against San Francisco. So they played well. They're, they're two and three, however. And Michael, the, 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 the cheapest ticket for this Cardinals game on Sunday um, and I was going to give you a, a heads up on this, G.A. Like, it's like 25 30 I mean, it's like less than $50 to get a ticket. That is what a tour costs. Like, if you wanted a tour SoFi Stadium on a Tuesday, I think that the tour ticket costs more than the game ticket. What's happening right now? I think more people should be excited. This is a fun offense. Like, like I don't know how many games they're going to win, but I would pay to watch this team play. Yeah, they're a very competitive team. Um, and like you said, to have those two L's on your your record aren't bad. You know, the, you knew it was going to be tough this week with Philadelphia because they're playing such great football. 
But man, I like what I'm seeing. You know, as long as they can avoid those two teams, it looks like they're going to be able to be competitive against anybody. Like with with Puka, with with uh, Cooper Cup returning, looking like himself. Uh, Kyron Williams out of the backfield, being able to run it and catch it. They're going to always be in these games. They're going to have a chance to win as many games as they want to. It's just going to be about the finish. And this past week, you know, they didn't finish as strong as they wanted to, but nobody finishes strong against Philadelphia. Yeah. That's why they were the team in the Super Bowl, nearly defeating the Chiefs and a, a team that everybody feels, you know, the favorite so far along with the 49ers. Yeah, I forget. You've been to SoFi to a Rams game, right? I'm trying to remember if uh, GA has been there or not. You were uh, paused there for a moment. So, sorry about that. My Wi-Fi must be going in and out, guys. So, so I apologize ahead of time. But um, yeah, at least it might be a real Rams home game. Right? No, that that's for sure. <laughs> you know what? That's 100% right. Like, you know, when you go up against teams like the Cardinals, like they're, they don't have any fans. They're, they're not traveling. So at least it'll feel... Likey Rams home game, um, big game for USC this weekend. Again, they're in a very unique situation of uh, beginning the season as a top five team. They're six and zero. They've dropped every week, and I get it. By the way, I totally get it. You know, when you need triple OT to beat uh, U of A, you know, when you when you uh, you know blow these these big leads, and all of a sudden it, it, it's a tight game. I get it, but they are six and zero. They are still a, a top ten team going to South Bend to play Notre Dame. This is this is sort of when their season really begins. I think. I mean, um, when I looked at the schedule, I wasn't worried about rankings. I wasn't worried about anything else. I didn't really even care like how they won. Now it's really the season begins when you go up against Notre Dame. You play uh, Utah, Washington. You go to Eugene to play the Ducks. This is when the season begins, Michael. Your thoughts as USC goes to South Bend this weekend? Man, SC is scaring me, man. They're playing so much on the edge right yeah. now. Last week, they had me up to nearly 1 o'clock watching <laughs> them play, trying to figure out, are they really going to lose this game to Arizona? Um, because the offense isn't looking as great as you expect. Of course, Caleb has to carry so much of the load um for that team and he you know he's he's that guy so he can do that but you know starting off 17-0 isn't the way to go and they're gonna have to figure it out because Notre Dame even though they have these two losses on their their record they're they're very battle tested so it's going to be at one of those games once again it's going to come down to the end and will that shoe continue to fit for um you know USC with all of you know the luck that they're getting um as you know pretty much looking like Cinderella yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that you know they can hold on, but it's just looking scary. And this Notre Dame game has me very, very scared for the Trojans because of just how they're playing. And it's like, are they taking everything as serious as they should be? What's wrong with the defense? Like, I don't know what to put my hand on. Only thing I know is Caleb is going to show up. He's going to be incredible, and hopefully that's enough to be the tough Notre Dame team. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. When you start playing up, uh, when you start playing against quality opponents, ranked opponents, no one's going to judge you for if you win close, you know. So, like, if if they can just go to South Bend and win, that's a success. I bet you they go up in the rankings. Same with Utah. Same with Washington. Same with the Ducks. You go to so 
you know, the problem is, you know, when you blow big leads or you uh, win a game by a touchdown when you're favored by 28, that's the issue with USC. So, again, I've said this from the beginning. They really do control their own destiny because of who they play this, se- this season. They, they, they play enough quality top 10 opponents that if they do what they're supposed to do, they'll find a way to win. But to your point, Michael, I'm concerned about this defense. That's what's going to keep me up at night. That's what's going to concern me about this team because I'm not worried. I know Caleb is going to ball and stuff, Ben. I know USC is going to score 40-plus points. The issue is, will they lose 42-40? to That's the the, the problem that I have with USC this season. Um, All right, uh, kind of to put a bow on everything, Big Monday night football game at SoFi Stadium uh, this upcoming Monday. you got the Cowboys coming to town to play the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Two teams that we really don't know what they are at this point. You know, the Cowboys begin the season looking like world beaters. Uh, where they got you know, to, to get blown out like that again. I didn't expect them to go to San Francisco and win, but to get blown out like that, that is really concerning. Um, your thoughts on this game? It's going to be a great game, big game for each of the teams. Just you know, confidence builder Chargers, they're coming off of that bye, and you know, they're hoping to they're trying to keep pace with the Chiefs. And you know, the Chiefs have a an easy matchup, it looks like, on Thursday. But you guys know the Spider-Man uh, meme, right? Where they're <laughs> yes. talking at each other. That's and they're, right. That's how these two teams are. Like, they're so very similar. They have talent. They have names. But they just find ways to lose games that they shouldn't lose. And when they play against a better competition, sometimes they get smacked up. So it's going to be a game that's going to give one of these teams a very great confidence boost. I know the Chargers are ready to go. They, they had the advantage of the bye week to get them prepared for this game. But I know, just like you said, Arash, your Cowboy fans are going to be in there <laughs> on crazy because they're like, you owe us a performance. You embarrass us as Cowboy fans on Sunday night, so we need you to come out and play. So, you know, it's going to come down to who outperforms who, Dak or uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, Jihei, before we close out, I totally forgot. You know, they're, they're having a Pac-12 basketball media day here in Las Vegas. So you, you, you gotta be excited. College basketball is just around the corner. Like everyone's talking about, you know, playoff baseball, uh, you know, the beginning of hockey, basketball, football. You got your college hoops is coming back, Jihei. I told you the best time of the year starts <laughs> October 15th. Because that's right. That's when college basketball starts for me. So I'll be ecstatic. On the 15th of October, October 20th, we played their first game. Let's go Duke. Um, I mean, it's technically against each other, but still, they play against each other. And, um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm psyched. I, don't, I, I cannot wait for the camera crazies to come out. Uh, talk about pomp and pageantry. That's what college basketball is all about. I mean, you have ASU and their little uh, stage that they pull in the student section. There's just there's so many great things that, you know, University of Connecticut – they're trying to uh, contend for another championship this year as well. Um, recruiting, et cetera, is happening as well with Cooper Flag and um, the Boozer Brothers. So I'm excited. I can't wait. That's the best time of the year for me, October 15th. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Michael, we will check back in with you next week again. The crazy time of uh, the year. All the sports are happening at the same time. Uh, this is This is the best time of the year. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do this again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. West side, west side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.